They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Dan Kingdom and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. And, well, up at Warwickshire, up at Edgbaston on Tuesday, it was a consolation victory, but a victory nonetheless, bringing to a conclusion a pretty dismal Royal London One Day Cup campaign. I don't think there's any... any uh, other way of describing it but dismal with with mitigation although a few correspondents on social media seem determined to ignore the mitigating factors but they were nonetheless there um well should we start with a positive then warwickshire uh maiden one day hundred for lewis goldsworthy another good contribution from james rue scoring 96 um uh, the bowlers were wicket shed round brooks four for 38 goldsworthy uh two for 58 uh one for the returning josh davy and one for casey aldridge but apart from that we can't get away from the fact that we only avoided finish bottom finishing bottom of that group because durham had two points deducted mm. So yeah, I mean, where do we want to start? I mean, we can, we can go over the the ground that you know the hundred has screwed us. We've had injuries and this, that, and the other, but we should have been better than we were. Yeah, but the first question I asked Andy Hurry about it was whether he felt, you know, allowing for all of the um, absentees and injuries and so on, whether he he felt that the players he had been able to choose from had done themselves justice and he failed to answer it he <laughs> he he, you know, he waffled waffled on he said quite several other quite interesting things actually so it wasn't a typical Andy Hurry interview by, by by any means but i'm not sure that they did really do themselves justice uh, all of them uh, all of all of the time it was sporadic um i mean lewis goldsworthy for example i mean he batted beautifully uh, on um, on Tuesday, but he hadn't scored many runs in the previous seven games. You know, given what he'd done last year, when he topped topped the averages and, and looked a really class player in in that form format of cricket, which I think suits him uh, really well. And um, it, I just thought we could have done better, even even allowing for all of the extenuating circumstances, we could have done a bit better. Yeah, what did you make of it all, Dan? I'm surprised you didn't make it to to Edgbaston on on Tuesday. You think, well, do I want to waste a day's holiday going watching this, or well, well yeah, spend I, it some, I, doing something else. I would have gone, but most of my annual leave was already taken. I prioritised the uh, home matches in this competition, so um, didn't really have enough to go to all the away games. Um, but yeah, I think as, looking at the tournament as a whole, I mean, clearly, obviously. <coughs> The 100 and the subsequent other injuries we've had have been a factor. We had 15 or 16 players missing at one stage. How we've played in this tournament is obviously not a reflection, a true reflection of our ability in 50-over cricket. Because at full strength, as we might be in next year's tournament, depending on the changes that come in, you know, we will be a force to be reckoned with again. But that still doesn't fully explain how poor we've been. Because, you know, Knotts and Surrey were similarly hit by the 100, and they both beat us very comprehensively in the case of the Knotts match. Mm-hmm. Um, also outplayed by Durham as well, who were fairly under strength, I think, through, through 100 and injuries. Um, and that was before our real sort of further unavailability due to injuries started to set in. So we've certainly underperformed um, overall. Um, you know, we had good, you know, a good win um, on Tuesday against Warwickshire when things finally seemed to come together. Uh, we batted sensibly, but sort of, I didn't really, I couldn't really watch it, but it seemed like we were sensible, went through the gears, got to a defendable score, and then the bowlers bowled really well to defend it, helped by obviously Josh Davy coming back. Mm. Um, and obviously against Middlesex, I think as well, we did as well as we could. I think, while it was disappointing to lose, um, you know, we got a defendable we got a good score not helped by you know not sending Ben Green in a bit higher but and then the young bowlers did themselves just as I think against a much more experienced batting lineup to take it that close um but we've seen 
underperformance from Hildreth, Davis, Bartlett. I think um, Goldsworthy has been much less effective than last year. Not, you know, I'm not, don't want to put all the blame on him, obviously, you know, he's um, you know, still very young. But I think he should have batted at four or five throughout the tournament. Three was possibly too high. He seemed to sort of lack a bit of the freedom that he played with last year. And it's near, maybe no coincidence that when he did bat at four against Warwickshire, he then went and scored a century. So I think we did get the order wrong. You know, I think Rouge, it's easy to say in hindsight, Rouge should have opened at the start with Davis, Renshaw should have been three, Hildreth four, goals would be five, something like that. Um, and I think, obviously, bowling-wise, uh, oh, so staying on the batting, sorry, uh, James Rue obviously looks a class act. Um, Renshaw sort of improves as the tournament went on once he sort of went into the middle order where he bats for Queensland. Um, yeah, bowling-wise, Aldridge and Baker, you know, they're clearly really kicking on. Uh, obviously, Baker's been unavailable at times. Obviously, he was only playing every other game, and now he now he's in the 100, obviously. You know, the, they're, they're the two real bright spots, bowling-wise, I think. Um Obviously, Davian Siddle's unavailability didn't help. Because so I think some of the... We'd sort of... In last year, we competed in this tournament. But I think a few of the elements, like Hildreth's runs, Davis's runs, Davy did pretty well last year, I think. Those elements have been lacking this year, which haven't helped, partly through lack of form or, or injury, you know, in Davy's case. Um, yeah, I think overall, obviously, it's been disappointing. Um, a few bright spots. But I think a few a few poor decisions. Obviously, the injuries and the hundred call-ups don't help. But you know, we 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 really should have been better. I think in this tournament. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I got a frog in my throat uh, this evening. I think just just on, just going back to Lewis Goldsworthy. I think I agree with with Dan saying about him coming in number three. But he had a pretty hard road to hoe. He was coming in, you know, after one over or in the first over, or it was only one game. I think where. They got a reasonable start. That was against Gloucestershire, where he came in in the 11th over. Other, other than that, he was in against fresh bowlers with balls that were still doing a bit. You know, was uh, still the lacquer was was still intact and and so on. So he he had a tough task at, at, at number three, and I think we should bear that in mind in assessing his performance. Was he batting at yeah. three or last year in the Royal London? No, he was five last year. I think he did bat. I think he did bat three in one of the matches. Uh, maybe the last game against Warwickshire. Actually, I think he did score runs in that. But also, it should just be noted that the one game where he scored runs at three was against Gloucestershire when the openers had got to the 11th over. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, not against yeah. perhaps. Yeah. yeah, so maybe they just thought that, you know, we had such a good tournament last year. It's probably going to be Hildy's last year. Let's stick him up at three, see what he can do. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me is that we, we all envision this competition being the senior players augmenting a young side and it got to the stage where we had sort of two or three senior players and the loanees in from Gloucestershire and uh, in George Scott and and the likes of, you know, the Josh Thomases, Alfie Ogborns, Jack Hardings of this world sort of making up the bowling attack. So it was, the, the side was looking pretty threadbare towards the end of that competition. I mean, I don't know if you saw what Gordon Holland said at the meeting last night about Andy Hurry scrabbling around to try and find a loan signing so he could get... Uh, get 11 out on the park in a what seemed to me like to be what uh, most uh, third 11 club captains have to do on a on a friday night well i think max waller was the only the only available player wasn't he apart from the the squad that went up to edgbaston uh, yeah i mean max is a funny one isn't he cuz he sort of said this that at the start that we expected the likes of max waller the likes of Ollie sale to be coming in and and having a good tournament um, I mean, the, the way that sort of Sale performed in this tournament and his sort of relationship to it reminds me of, of Eddie Byram last year where, you know, it was mm -hmm. the last year of it. Sorry, Dan, sorry to bring this up. The last year of his contract, uh, you know, we all thought, yeah, have a good Royal London One Day Cup, get yourself a new deal. And, and he had a bit of a doomer and, and that was the last we saw of him. And I can I can kind of see the same going for Ollie Sale. His figures uh, over the tournament, 24 overs, Three for 182, going at seven and a half and over, seven and a half and over, and picking up his wickets at uh, just a shade over 60. Um, I mean, he's in all likelihood, as lovely as he is with a video camera wandering around the dressing room, that's probably going to be the last we'll see of Ollie Sale, I'd have thought, especially given his, his track record with injuries. Um, you know, it's a shame nobody likes to see, see players moved on. And 
But probably, he'll probably go to Gloucester. He'll probably go to Gloucestershire. Oh yeah, he can share a lift with Mark. They're, they're losing all their players. <laughs> <laughs> Martin's already gone there, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Ollie Sale followed him up the road because, of course, Steve Snell knows him well. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And, and Max Waller as well. We all thought with Max's white ball experience that he'd be, you know, one of the, the linchpins of that bowling attack. And apart from three overs up at Gloucester, he, he didn't bowl at all in the tournament, which was very strange to me. I mean, I, I don't know if there was any any underlying injury or something, or he, he's kind of un, unofficially retired and they're just given a bit of a buffer between. <laughs> Hildy's retirement and Max's retirement to make it a bit, you know, to not, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, to not sort of uh, underrate what Max has, has done for the club and just give him, you know, a bit of a, bit of a spotlight there. That just all seemed, seemed very odd to me that, that Max wasn't yeah. involved. Well, the pitches didn't really suit him and because he doesn't turn the ball much. Uh, and, I mean, he's become a specialist 20 over bowler hasn't he and mm. doesn't have a great track record in 50 over cricket and he honestly didn't bowl very well up at Bristol Dan was there and, and um, you know he he never looked either like taking a wicket or really you know keeping the run rate run rate down it was a you know sad end because he's he's given me and thousands mm. of other Somerset followers a hell of a lot of pleasure over, over the years a brilliant fielding some of the catches that he's he's taken and he was he was Somerset's talisman really in in 20, 20 over cricket because he was so brilliant in the field and, and and the rest of the fielding side seemed to take their cue from Max even more so than from 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 Tom Abel so he's he's done a great job in that limited sphere but if you're a leg spinner who doesn't turn his leg break you know it's, it's not a great recommendation no, but you, you still felt that he would he, he he should have played a bigger role than he did, especially when you know we're going out to to Gloucester and picking up loan signings. We're introducing, you know, I mean, yeah. they probably didn't want Harding and Ogborn to be playing in the same game together, but they ended up doing that on a on a I think it was just one occasion, maybe. Yeah, yeah, just the one occasion against Sussex. They they played together, against but, Sussex. but that didn't was, end well. It did not well. Ogborn, but um. Ogborn went for 76 in seven overs yeah. and Jack's sole over went for 19. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean they both they both are promising but you know they they they're not they're not big enough and strong enough and fast enough and and awkward enough to be playing senior cricket at at, at their age. Yeah, I mean it was a nice little highlight there, last wicket partnership against uh, against Sussex. Uh, we all made twenty seven, and Harding made uh, made a dozen. That was probably the the highlight of that that particular day. Um, so yeah, I mean, what what more can we really say about it? It's it's been disappointing. I don't, I never had any visions of us winning the thing with the the depleted squad that we had. But you know, we should have we should have done a bit better. I mean. Bart, yeah. Bartlett still frustrates me. I think he's probably the mm. most frustrating player in recent years we've seen at the county ground. He, he's he's either seems to look like a million bucks or he looks absolutely dreadful. It's he, yeah. he played well on Tuesday at, at Edgbaston. Mm. He really did because he <coughs> came in, you know, at a diff difficult time with not many overs uh, to go, and, and you know Somerset were on the charge, and and he got what did he get thirty odd? Yeah, twenty nine off twenty one. Yeah, twenty nine off off twenty one, and and I thought he batted really well, intelligently hit hit one two fantastic shots as well. So I think it's going to be touch and go as to whether he or Banton uh, gets the gets the call for the county championship matches. And well, no, still wait to hear about Tom Banton. I'm being given to understand that we may hear something sooner rather than later. But what we're going to hear, I'm still not at all sure. We've heard it from the horse's mouth. Sort of on the live stream, he said. Uh, yeah, there's only, well, uh, there's only one club I'm going to be playing for next year. Mm, I'm definitely yeah, well, to make that into a conspiracy theory, but oh, let's hope so. I mean, it's negotiations were still ongoing at that stage. And his don't forget his 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 mother retweeted a tweet, which said that he was basically said he was going somewhere else. So <laughs> conflicting indications. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I was never fully convinced by what he said in the live stream. Like, it's, was I? <laughs> no, it's a bit, just a bit too vague, wasn't it? 
but well, he couldn't what, reveal it because the contract hadn't been officially announced. So yeah, he had to he had to sort of skirt around the issue, I suppose. Well, if but, there's one way to not endear yourself to the faithful at Taunton, it's to imply that you're staying like yeah. thousands and of people on a YouTube. Yeah, and then and then bugger <laughs> off. So that could potentially put him in uh, in current territory if he manages to do that. But let's let's hope, hope not. not. Um, any other kind of notables? Uh, I was impressed with Alfie Ogborn's bowling. I thought he looked good. Uh, good for a young lad. Jack Harding looked raw. Casey Aldridge seemed to do better away from home than he did at home. Mm. I'm not sure whether that's something to do with the Taunton pitches not quite suiting him in white ball cricket. He seems to bowl all right on him in uh, in red ball cricket. It's very true. He bowled really well at Leicester and he bowled really well at the Oval. But he was he was dreadful against uh, Sussex. Um, who else have we got? Josh Thomas as well. Like the look of him. Um, Didn't see enough really to form any sort of judgment, either with ball or, or bat. No, to be fair, most of my watching of Josh Thomas was on the live stream of the Cornwall game. But he, yeah. yeah, got a lovely little action for a, for a left arm spinner. Uh, good to see Josh Davy back. Um, he made a big difference on on Tuesday, having him to bowl at the death. I know Jack Brooks bowled really well too, but you know having that experience uh, at the death made a re- really really big difference. Even, even though he only picked up the one wicket, he was very good when it mattered most, mm-hmm. and his his experience showed. Yeah, definitely in that last over. Did you get was it one wicket in the run out? Was it two wickets to Brooks? I can't remember. He got one wicket and the run out. Yeah, it was only it was only two days ago. It seems like a lifetime ago. Um, Andy Umeed looked like Andy Umeed not really more of a red ball more player of a red, definitely more of a red ball player don't want him being spoilt by uh, by this white ball uh, nonsense a player of his uh, he's very very much front foot player though isn't he yeah you know I think I think he's going to struggle in championship because he'll be worked out by all these ex- experienced seam bowlers who'll force him back on, onto his onto his stumps as much as they possibly can I, don't, I'm, I'm, I remain to be convinced that he's quite good enough that's a bit a bit gloomy Gibbo I was looking forward to watching that he was well I wasn't I, I definitely wasn't expecting him to be the uh, the solution to all our all our red ball batting woes but I w- was expecting a good, solid temperament at the top of the order, and not you well, know, I think he's got that. ones outside off stump. So, yeah, yeah, I don't I mean, think it's, it's not his temperament that's the problem; it's his technique. Well, it's, I think it's he's easier to very coach upright, very front foot. He's it's stiff. Lachlan Stevens could work that out with him. It's easier to teach technique than temperament. So, um, true. Let's hope none of the uh, the Gloucester, Kent, Warwickshire, or uh, Northants bowlers are listening uh, to this, Gibbo. And, uh, Mind you, they've probably seen it all on the uh, well, they've, yes. on the analysis. They don't miss and much these out. No, they don't. They definitely don't. Yeah, big loss losing Ben Green for those last four games. Um, yeah, four games, five games, four games. Yeah, I mean, just nothing really went right, did it? At the end of the day, I mean, we can't really. You know, if there's one competition we want to kind of have a doomer in, if we, if you know, we've got a gun gun being held to your head is alright we'll have a pretty crap roll under one day cup we'll come back in the I championship I think what was most disappointing what was most disappointing was when when, when we looked at that side for the first game against Nottingham we thought that's a pretty good side you know you've got Hildreth and, and Davis with with their experience you've got promising youngsters like Sonny Baker you've got Pete, Peter Siddle and, and Matt Renshaw uh, I probably said you know at the time we're amongst the favourites to win this competition <laughs> and then it all went horribly wrong well yeah Davis carried his his rotten championship form into the into the oh, Royal London dropped after a, a couple of games and uh, ended up averaging uh, nine with a top score of 18 which is way 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 below what he should be doing um, it's a shame isn't it yeah. he's such a lovely player to watch when he's when he's going well but a bit like Hildy I think you know it, uh, it looks a decline that is probably not reversible. Yeah, time catches up with all of us. But um, yeah, on to Hildy. Uh, lovely send off at the at the ground um, the last Friday before the the Sussex game. Um, good to see all the players. Good to see a few a uh, few of the guys coming back from the hundred as well. Bantam was there. I saw uh, Jason Kerr come back as well. I think there might have been one or two others, but I 
can't remember, but um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely good to see that. And um, don't I, know think, what... I think Jason Kerr was quite happy to get away from Welsh Fire, wasn't he? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, I'm sure all the die-hard, long, uh, lifelong Welsh Fire fans are uh, even more upset with their performances than we are about Somersets at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. I think they've not won a match, have they? Men or women, Welsh Fire have not won a match. No, no. no they're on a losing streak to uh, to rival what we were on. Uh, and Banton's mm. got dropped as well, is that right? Well, yeah. he wasn't playing last night. Was it last night? Anyway, yeah. No, last, 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 he hasn't played the last two games, has he? Yeah, so but, I'm, on a, I'm on an enforced 100 embargo, so I think I replied to somebody on, on Twitter today. The only bits I know about that, what's what's happening is 100 Will Smith got 100 and then he got a duck the next ball um, Roloff took a really good catch and uh, Tom Banton's been dropped that's the sum of my knowledge of yeah. what's gone on in this year's 100 Gregory hasn't played a game yeah DeLang is not played I was marching yeah um, Leachy didn't play when he in his brief spell with Birmingham Phoenix mm-hmm. Roloff is top of um, Nova Supercharger's batting averages oh, <laughs> Yeah, oh, last year, last oh, year. Well, well, oh, yeah, I'm getting convinced Rolof, now. I'm like, have a look at the highlights. Runs. He's got 45 <laughs> runs from two innings uh, with one not out. He's only oh, actually right. played matches, so presumably he's missed the last couple of games. Um, yeah, Rolof, Rolof, that means Roloff, he's only been dismissed in the 100 once. I remember he batted, he batted about six or seven times last year and didn't get out. So quite an impressive record. Mm. Um, yeah, Gregory had a six off one the other day, I saw. Um, but apart from that, I mean, Gregory. Uh, Gregory's not been dismissed. He's a seventy-one runs in five innings. With the no, he's captaining. He's, from what oh, I can it, gather, he's a yeah. pretty good captain as well. You know, so respected mm. by his you know, some quite um, stellar teammates. Glad to yeah, hear Rashid it. Khan, I think, isn't that, that team? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what. I just want to. Well, carry on talking, Dan. Just want to try something. Is, uh, as you say, his bowling's not been so good. He's gone. His uh, economy rate, according to Cricket Info, is eleven point one four, which I think is still <laughs> per six balls um, rather than per five balls. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that's it, really. Um, yeah, Banson's Banson's dropping was harsh because I think Joe Clark had less runs than him at that point when Banson was dropped. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. It's a shame because it just continues that. Last couple of years, Banton's just form has just not really been there in T20 cricket, has it? Like he's had, you know, highlights. You know, in the blast this year, I think he improved as the tournament went on. He had that hundred against Kent at Canterbury last year, but he's just not been right, has he, for a couple of years? He's in concentrating T20. on his red ball batting too much, Dan. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what it is. But jo- joking aside, if you know, if, if if he doesn't want to find himself caught between two stools on this, mm. on this, does he? You know. Being uh, no good at either one, so what I what I quickly popped off to do is I just pulled this down off my wall, which is the <coughs> the Royal London celebration uh, celebration from 2019. The last time it was a proper competition, we won it. By the way, Doommongers with a squad of Don Bess, who I don't think played in the final, did he? No, he's left. Roloff Vandermeer in the hundred. Steve Davis didn't play. Did Banter's keeper wicket. Bartlett played. Had a bit of a doomer. Davy has been injured. Abel's injured slash hundred. Um, there's somebody behind Abel. I think it must be uh, one of the Overtons because I can only see one Overton there. Um, there's a head which I think might be Tim Gronovold's head. He's obviously left. James Hildreth is, um, you know, in pretty dismal form and has, and has retired. Um, either Craig or Jamie, who's either gone to Surrey or the hundred. Azarali, uh, Tom Banton in hundred. Petrie go retired. Although there's a little bit of a uh, rumours that he might come out of retirement for the last couple of games. And we could have done worse, you know. We could have done worse. Well, yeah. I mean, if you if you were asking the Somerset faithful, what would you rather see? Us get Aloni down from. Um, from Gloucester, yeah, no, just exactly. George Who Scott. would you rather have George Scott yeah. or Peter Trigo? Peach, I mean, it doesn't even just coming out of retirement for the crap, but yeah, um, we should have asked. We literally should have asked. Would he probably would have said yes, like to see out his yeah. career with Somerset, you know, to finish to officially finish with Somerset rather than with Knots, like. And would he have done any worse than George Scott? Probably not. Not that George Scott was terrible, 
you know, we barely had a chance, really. But I'm sure Trigger would have been fine as well. So yeah, I know he's, got, he's got the he's got the highest bowling average in this day cricket history, George Scott. Uh, oh, does he? His one wicket has cost him over 350 runs. <laughs> I saw it was very high. I didn't realise it was the worst in history. Well, you should yeah. have given him a bowl on Tuesday. Try and get that down. But uh, yeah, he I did mean, get a bowl briefly. Did he on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the end. So I've done a spreadsheet. I must. Oh yeah, two overs, none for twelve. He did, he did indeed to go with his three overs, none for twenty-three uh, against Sussex. But yeah, I did put a poll up on Twitter, and then um... that's it's taken one for three hundred and fifty-two in in his list day career. <laughs> well, that's in at least three games. So that's hopefully the other game wasn't uh, one for two hundred ninety-eight or whatever it would have been. He played a few games for Gloucestershire. His batting average is about forty, though, wasn't and it? And as well. Yeah, a lot of not outs, I think. But yeah, he did. He, he, mm. his his stats weren't too bad with the bat, but didn't really see enough of him to form a judgment. Yeah, I, I put a poll up on Twitter. You know, should they get Trigo out of retirement? Somebody put, "Who's voting no to this?" And I think Trigo's replied, "Me, no way." <laughs> Something like that. So, yeah, it, it would have been nice. I mean, I don't know whether it would have. You could say it might have devalued it a little bit because they could have always, you know, given a, a chance to one of the one of the academy guys, but. Probably on balance, it would have been nice, wouldn't it? As you, say, would. to, as you say, to finish his career with Somerset rather than than with Knotts. But um, I don't know. Would we have got him on loan from Western Supermare? Does it work like that? Do you have to loan players for the Western Premier League? No, I don't think so. He'd have to start, he'd have to register or, or something like that. It'd be quite complicated, I expect. Well, would it have mattered if we registered him? <laughs> what no, are they going to do? So. Dock us points. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, well, from the county championship, they'd probably invent a rule. Oh, yeah, they probably would, yeah. They'd probably automatically relegate us from the county championship on the basis of uh, doing something well, docked, silly like that. They, they docked Derbyshire two points for one of their players' bats being too thick, which I thought was very harsh. Like, I understand... It was that unfortunate was leg spinner as well, who, who went for 36 yeah. in the over. Oh, was it? Oh, it was yeah, him. Yeah, yeah it was oh. him. <laughs> Christ, that fella's got some bad luck. Yeah, but it wasn't even the bat being too thick. It was the fact that he had it taped. He probably had like one yeah. one reel of tape on it too many. It, it, yeah. yeah, it took it slightly over the threshold. And I understand, you know, the rule is there. There has to be a limit. But to dock them two points from the competition for that just felt extremely harsh. Like, is it written down somewhere that that's the punishment? I mean, or is it just that the cricket <laughs> does it on a whim? Like... Because, you know, you, it gets the conspiracy theorists out, like, would they have d done this to Surrey or a test county? You know, it's, it, is, it does seem very harsh. It does. Yeah. I remember I played in a game once. I had a bit of tape just hanging off the edge of my bat, and I thought, I'll leave that. I won't bother cutting it off. And it uh, flicked a bit of tape, and I was given out caught behind. <laughs> so that was my story about that. That was at uh, Topsham, I think, in uh, well, about 15 years ago now. Right, and anything more on the Royal London One Day Cup game, uh, Royal London One Day Cup campaign before we we put that to bed? I mean, obviously the highlights: Ben Green's one hundred and fifty-seven um, hundreds for Renshaw, Goldsworthy, and Rue as well. But other than I think that, my, my my highlight was James Rue. Really, um, mm. he, you know, uh, he really does. He look, he does look the business. Yeah. And that may come back to haunt me that, that mm -hmm. statement, but um, you know the hundred. Can you he got, say that he wouldn't the, get in a first choice Somerset eleven, and that he's no Babrazam or Chris Gale? I, about. I have never <laughs> said that about him at all. I've said exactly the opposite. Well, you said it about <laughs> Riley Rousseau, and look how that turned out. So if you could, uh, yeah, quite well. You just badmouth James Rue a bit, just to give him the the sort of the commentator's reverse curse. Rousseau hit it up in the air, exactly what Kevin James said he would. Yeah, but he hit it up in the air, and it just kept going and going and going into the River Tone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anything else? Then I mean, the, the good thing is now they have got a, a decent little break until the championship starts again on the fifth of September. One thing that I think particularly yeah. Lewis Goldsworthy struggled with last year, which I would imagine somebody like James Rue uh, would potentially not be immune from as well, is that kind of that burnout factor. Because I think it was a lot closer, wasn't it, the Royal London to the championship last year, and uh, it was pretty much Goldsworthy's first full season, and just. I think Abel said he just got to September and he and he was burnt out. So hopefully the well, it it wasn't. It was similar. It, in fact, I think it might have been a bigger break because remember the last quarterfinals were slotted in after the Royal London Cup last year. Ah, well, the you're right. 
So I think it was about a similar break, really. Um, yeah, but just on that, just on the next week or so, um, well, first thing is I hope Leicester should win the tournament. If not, then Sussex or Kent. But mm-hmm. Leicester, you know, they... I no, love let's it leave you say Kent, Dan. So. You hope Leicester, <laughs> Sussex or Kent? Leicester first. Don't sit on the fence, Dan. No, no, no. Yes, I'm saying I want Leicester to win it. But if not, then obviously I want one of the other non-test counties to win it. Um, I think also has to be mentioned the scheduling of the quarterfinals and semifinals this weekend is ludicrous. Yeah. Because well, I say this weekend, it's not this weekend. We've got August Bank Holiday weekend with no county cricket, and the schedule has somehow managed to miss it completely by putting the quarterfinals on Friday and the semi-finals on Tuesday. It is absolutely ridiculous how that's mm. happened. And I, I don't know how it got through. You know, why didn't the counties look at this and say, hang on, surely some, something should have been on the weekend. Probably the semis should have been on Monday. I understand not doing it Saturday, Saturday. I understand not doing it Saturday, Monday, because that's one day in between. But it should have been Friday, Monday. And then, you you know, you give the semi-finals as much prominence as possible by putting them on a non-working day. It's just mad how it's either side of the weekend. Absolutely yeah. astonishing. It's the kind of thing that has to be fixed next year and the kind of thing the review has to be taking into account. Yeah, well, quite right. Speaking of the review, see, I'm getting good at segues now. Um, <laughs> there was a members forum last night uh, hosted by uh, Ben. and We had Gordon Hollins on there and uh, chairman of the club, Sir Michael Barber. Pete's on holiday, so he, he wasn't there. I did see a few other Somerset uh, members, uh, Somerset staff members, directors lurking with their cameras off down on page eight or nine of the of the uh, of the Zoom uh, the Zoom community. Do you do that, Dan? Like the first thing you got is you like you like scroll all the way across to like see who's there. It's like yeah. oh, fit. Where's Dan's scroll. dad? Where's Dan? There's Dan. I oh, saw yeah. you. I didn't see my dad actually. Oh, your dad um, was there. Yeah. Yeah, I knew. I knew he was. I just didn't see him specifically. Yeah, I saw you. I saw a few other names. I knew. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Annie Chay was on there. Um, and uh, yeah, the usual, the usual suspects around uh, around this sort of thing. But I think yeah, it lasted for about an hour and ten minutes. Uh, you did a good summary on on Twitter, Dan. There was um, a few good questions asked, um, but it was really what I kind of t- took from it was it was a kind of well, it's a wait and see job, isn't it? Because there's not really there's no kind of concrete proposals to discuss. Have the have the county chairman and chief executives not been given a preview though of, of what's co- what's coming up? No, that's in that... the next few days. I know, well, that's what I mean. It's I thought it was this week. They that hadn't seen anything as last night, but I think it is very soon. It might even be today. It's been today, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, I. What did you gather? What 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 did uh, and when I asked Andy Hurry about this, he wouldn't answer the question. What what is Somerset? What's Somerset's position on how the championship should look next season? There isn't. Presumably, one. somebody <laughs> asked that last night. Well, uh, as the meeting was drawing to a close, there was. Um, I'm not sure if I'm remembering this correctly, but it was basically said even if if the members say, look, we definitely definitely don't want a reduction in the number of championship games and the board gets yeah, hold of some proposals where there there is a reduction in a championship games but in the global s- scheme of things they they feel that it would be better for the club to go down that path eg i don't know as a, as a daft example um, there's one less championship game but you get an extra two million pounds in funding from the easy beat something like that as a is a sort of an extreme example, but something along those lines where they weigh up all the and balance all the all the factors in it, and they think, well, it would probably be better for the club if we did this because of X, Y, Z. So, um, I don't. There, I mean, there is going to be a reduction in Championship cricket. It's, it's pointless trying try, You know, it's, it, the the argument is over how many how many Championship matches, four day cricket matches, Red Bull cricket matches there should be next season, and in what format. You know, are we going to have two divisions with 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 fewer games as uh, as at present? Probably going down to mm-hmm. down to twelve, or are we going to go for the three conference format? Did you get any any steer? No, or it's it's literally we were kind of all, we they sort of talked for an hour, um, answered some pre-email questions, answered some questions from the floor, and it was the flavor was very much well, we're kind of talking about what we think might happen and what we think we might need to do but there was 
nothing really of this is a concrete proposal what do we think of this what are the benefits and drawbacks of of this plan of plan a or plan b or plan c plan d whatever because there were there were no concrete proposals there to discuss which is yeah i think obviously they're waiting for the proposals to then then they're going to make a you know put forth some positions on that thing which i think is fair enough you don't want to it's difficult to you don't want to draw red lines now before seeing the proposals, I suppose. But I think for mem members would have liked to have been reassured about what we're going to not vote for, what we would vote for, you know, I guess. But I suppose they just don't, I suppose they just want to wait and see because, you know, that's, it, it is risky, I think, to sort of say things now that, oh, yes, we're definitely going to do this, I suppose. But at the same time, I think it's difficult. I came away from the meeting feeling reasonably reassured, but not, like totally like i don't think we're going to vote for anything ridiculous but they they certainly weren't ruling out voting for you know a reduction in championship games for example they you know the fact that they basically said that it would be awkward for the members and the board to disagree so we're not going to actually give you a vote on it um doesn't really surprise me you know i don't think many counties are doing that although we know obviously lancashire are doing that i think the lancashire vote is actually binding isn't it as well is that is that right or is it just a vote to well see? i think you have to. I'm not sure because each con county's constitution would be slightly different. But I think if yeah. you know, you can't just if if you have four thousand members email and say please don't vote for this, they can kind of they can ignore that. But if you get a an SGM organised, as Annie Chambers trying to do, um, have a look at that on social media. Email Annie at crantycricketmatters.com and ask her for a form. She's collating them. Send them in if you remember. Please get that done. I'll retweet that. Uh, at the end of the of the podcast but i think if there's a binding motion that comes from a a core sgm that's been organized in the proper way then i'm i don't think they can ignore it or am i being yeah. a bit naive yeah. i don't think they're obliged to implement it i think the board will have to consider it mm. but i think the board ultimately you know, will they? They've got to listen to what the members say, but it's ultimately it's their decision. And the sanction, I think we discussed this last time, is for the members then to vote the board out. You know, if the if the board go against the members, the members' sanction is to say, right, yeah. you know, you, the whole lot of you are out. And we'll have a new board. Fancy it? Say 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 it's very <laughs> clear that ninety percent of members are against reducing championship games. You know, how can well, they, they are? They are. Them, you know, I suppose it's, it's, you can say like you can't if, if, take it into account if they just ignore that entirely because it's the question is does ninety percent of members or ninety five percent of the members outweigh other considerations I suppose and yeah I mean if ninety percent of the members yeah. voted for free cider and free season uh, free memberships <laughs> they can board go well yeah. no because we'll go bust in the next five weeks so we're not having that um, we're not pushing pushing that through and then yeah so I think. It's always it's a show your working thing, isn't it? If if they say, well, there's a reduction in championship cricket, but we get you know two or three extra home blast games, I'm not sure how that would work because we we'd, we'd only be entitled to one if yeah yeah one more one. We never seem to play middle. There'll be there'll be trade off. There'll be trade offs, mm -hmm. and and you know you can't really we we can't really second guess what's what's you know what the ecb going to offer and what the incentives are going to be or the disincentives or anything else but um, I, I do have a feeling it might be you know a second bob willis trophy style first class tournament during the 100 which i you know i've been tweeting about this i wouldn't be totally against that i think there there are much worse things that could come in because while a lot of people won't like that, I understand that, but it will retain the same amount of first-class cricket, um, that sort of thing, and it will allow the Royal London Cup to return to being full strength, and it might allow there to be more weekend cricket overall as well, which for me is a big thing. Like I'm a bit more concerned personally about the amount of weekend cricket than the overall yeah. amount of championship cricket. Yeah, that cricket. came up last night as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, I said this on Twitter. The last seven games of the championship this season, to me, they may as well be played on Mars because I'm not going to be able to get to any of them. I mean, I did. Well, I took a day off to see a game at the game, a, a day of the game at Southport, but that was just because it was a new ground. Like most of these games are not being played over weekends, and I don't know if that's possible to be fixed under the current schedule. That's the problem. I mean, maybe it can be, but it's very difficult. The it's schedule been the same is so for the last three years. It was like this before the hundred. Oh, it's because well, because the counties because the counties makes a hell of a lot more money from midweek games with with um, corporate hospitality than than they do for the you know 
providing for the convenience of members who've already paid up up front at, at weekends and yeah. and you know you, you ask gordon hollins and in his you know in his franker moments he'll he'll admit that perfectly openly but you could you can balance it at weekends is a no-no because all of these you know the, all of the the suits who get invited to it don't want to waste their weekends going to watch cricket you could have two you could have go back to the thursday the thursday to sunday that's yeah i mean you, I think it's, yeah it is the knock-on effect from other formats that's that's why the weekend cricket dries up as the season goes on early in the season there's no competition from other formats so that's why at the start of the season we had several rounds in a row over weekends but as the season goes on the other formats come in there's finals at weekends you know so that has a knock-on effect i mean i was encouraged though by you know hollins and barber were both pretty um adamant that they do want more weekend cricket and that that's the thing that they are pushing for i think so you know hopefully they're true to their word and hopefully we see a better schedule next year but it's something i think probably will have to give to allow there to be more weekend cricket although there are small things that could change for example the the royal london cup this year started and ended on a tuesday if you just take the tournament forward by two days you get an extra sunday and you know stuff like that there was also a sunday in the royal london cup which only had four matches on it that was which i thought was really weird that was the the sunday just gone which is very very odd like the Sunday should all be full rounds. Like, that shouldn't be difficult. That should be the first thing that's put into the schedule when you're scheduling the Royal London Cup. Like stuff like that just is inexplicable. So there are small things that could be fixed, but to fundamentally really improve the amount of weekend cricket, I think something will have to change. I think, and it might not be something that members like on the surface, but it might be something which, when they re- see the detail, they realise actually, you know, it's actually overall beneficial, perhaps. So, um, just to read from the, the email that came out from um, the club today, the uh, the Gordon Hollins uh, open letter is, this, this is what we know and don't know about the review. So, point one is, the overarching objective is to enable England men's teams to be number one in the world across all formats within five years. Um, well, for starters, wouldn't it be nice if they actually played one of the formats that they're trying to be number one in the world in, but that's another... That's another discussion. No recommendations have yet been made available to counties. Regional consultation meetings will take place with counties over the next 10 days. Recommendations are likely to be provided to counties by 9th of September. Most recommend- put my teeth in Shepherd. Most recommendations will not relate to the domestic structure and will focus on other parts of the game which need to improve if England are to be successful. And that kind of goes at odds with all the rumours that have been going around. But anyway... And a minimum of 12 counties need to vote in favour of any changes to domestic structure, e.g. number of matches, divisions, etc. And a further meeting of county chairs will take place later in September. And uh, he goes on to say about Somerset's position. uh, The overriding objective for the club is to remain at the top table. They like that phrase of cricket in this country over the short, medium and long terms. High performance reviews and important project needs to be informed by standards for counties to achieve and underpinned by a robust financial model which enables effective delivery. Uh, the championship is a priority. Part of the club's rich history needs to be preserved and cherished. Each region needs to have a healthy diet of cricket which is spread across the summer. Four days of Royal London Cup cricket in 43 peak summer days is unacceptable. Uh, it would be unwise to arrive at a conclusion on any single issue before the entirety of the recommendations, the analysis and implications are known. And finally, greater financial rewards are required for clubs that deliver value for the game, e.g. produce England players, high attendances, support the recreational game to ensure the game's wealth is spread beyond clubs based at venues which host high-profile matches. Hmm. Uh, and then it goes on, but I'm sure you can find that online if you want to have a, have a fuller read. Um, they like seeing about top table of, uh, of English cricket. Are we at the top table? Well, we've been in the first division longer than any other county. Does that mean? But wouldn't you say we've come second more often than any other county as well? Wouldn't you say stay in Division One of the Championship? Then, I mean, I don't. I mean, for well, it's it's a, it's quite a it's quite an ambiguous well, no, phrase, that, that isn't it? Presupposes that that there's going to be two divisions, which is hmm. quite a big I assumption think, to make. I think it's more that we don't want another layer above the counties. You know, or or basically, Somerset to become a minor county. I think they're probably what that's probably what is meant by us staying at the top table. Is you know we need to be you know there with the other seventeen counties as the top. You know, effective. You know, because the counties are the ECB, aren't they? So, uh, effectively, so we need to be. You know, that position needs to be maintained, and the counties need to be. 
you know the, the main decision makers i suppose is what is meant by that i think i think what what andy harry said to me was that, that they want um, somerset to be in a position to win the county championship that's what that's what it means by being at being at the top table. So they, you know we don't we don't want a setup that that rules us out mm. of playing you know of, of challenging for the highest honours in in the county championship, which is you know it's an obvious thing to say, <laughs> but mm. it does rather depend on what happens in those four county championship matches in September. If there if the change in format is delayed for twelve months, which it well might be, or if they decide to stick with them. Um, two divisions which is also perfectly possible given richard thompson's presence as chair of the ecb well, and there does seem to be a, a change in the sort of mood music mm -hmm. coming out of the ecb away from radical change which was what yeah. was all being oh anthony's frozen what's all been fo foisted upon us i'm going to finish gibbo's sentence for him <laughs> yeah there's, there's no doubt yeah i think the approach we just lost you for a set there, Gibber, but uh, I think we've... I just think it's shift, shifting to a more sort of evolutionary approach rather than, you know, at the start of the summer, it's all revolution, radical and all the rest of it. Now we're talking about much more cautious, measured change. So, well, you know. is it to make it seem like, you know, whatever comes in is not actually that bad, you know? So you start with the extreme stuff and then you sort of, yeah. it gets lies downwards, doesn't it? I suppose that's. I think I don't think that's that subtle. In all honesty, <laughs> just get, get the hundred done in two weeks. Just play two games a day. Does every game need to be on television? No, it doesn't. Anyway, <laughs> narrative. Uh, uh, the only thought I, I just had a thought about scheduling um, for the for the blast really is um, just to get that done in a little bit of a shorter window, just to give the players a bit of an extra break. If you're if you're playing, let's say Essex and Kent, you go on a, a little mini tour to the southeast. Ditto if you well, we in. did that. We did that last year. And Kent, Kent on uh, Kent on Monday <clears> and Essex on Wednesday. I think it was. You could play them two nights in a row, couldn't you? Just to save that extra day. Did we come back or did we stay over? Because that's what I'm trying to cut I down. Stayed on over, cabin. yeah. And then you we could stay over. It was two days in a row. It was. It was Essex was on the Tuesday, and the Kent was the day before. It was uh, that week. It was Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday. Oh, yes, it was. You're quite, you're quite right. Yeah, uh, absolutely right. Yeah, because there were two evening games. Yeah, yeah. I went to Rochester, which I'd never been to before. Mm, on the um, on the day of the of the Essex game, and then drove drove on up to uh, Chelsea. Yeah. And then, but then, if you look, we played Hampshire at home, and then we were at Glamorgan. That was another two day. I'm looking for. These two days we play Gloucester away and then Kent at home. But I'm thinking you go on like a proper little mini tour. So you go like maybe do Hampshire and Sussex, two days come home, Essex and Kent, two days come home. And if you come in the other, uh, Surrey and Middlesex, do those two days. We definitely did play them two days in a row. And then if you come in the other way, do uh, Somerset, Glamorgan and Gloucester, do them three days out of four. Hmm. So it's. it's it's the kind of thing you've got to balance out with making sure that matches are spread out enough that that people only come to a few. You know, because if, if if a team's got three home games in four days, you never five, have three home games in. You but know. but the thing <clears> is, <throat> if if you do do a tour, a, like an away tour of a few games in a row, surely the knock-on effect is that you'll also have to play a few home games in a row, like Not quite close necessarily. together. We'll work it out, and I've got I've got a vision in in like in the middle of October. We're going to do like a seven hour podcast of uh, of sorting out the the schedule for next season. No, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think it's just that you know the the the, the county chief executives obviously want to make sure that the 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 home games are still still have the potential to set out. And I think that's just but this the main would, this would help your it would probably mean that you get more fans going away as well because if you could go to hmm. oh, yeah. three games in four days on a little mini break, you'd you'd love that, wouldn't you? I certainly would. Yeah. Rather than going and then coming back and then going and then coming back. Um, yep. Right, what else? Uh, I don't think there was much else on that meeting from last night, was there? It was I'd say it just left all pretty up in the air because we haven't got these uh, these proposals through yet. But hey, oh, tis what it is. Oh, Dan's left us. Right, let's wander on and see what our uh, social media correspondents have been uh, been sending us today. Then where are we? Right, listeners' questions. I'm going to try and uh, whip through these. Uh, let's try and keep it under the hour for you. Uh, first one is from Adam Travers. Will this season mark the end for Jason Kerr? 
He keeps talking about destinations and potential, but it's not being fulfilled. Would a new coach freshen things up and make the difference? Every coach has a shelf life, and is this his? Well, for starters, the logistics is he's got another year left on his contract. That was extended earlier this season, if I remember rightly. Um, and I don't think it's gone badly enough for um, for the club and uh, Jason to to part ways this season. Um does piss me off that he's gone to the world fire that he's our head coach and he's and he's gone yeah. off to another club during the middle of the season um he's he's not the only one remember no, i know the- i know i know he's not i know he's not the only one I, I i completely understand that and i get all the all the arguments and and saying oh, i was about you know getting more coaching experience i get that but go and do that in the winter i'm sure there's you know there's t20 franchises in pretty much Every month of the year in every corner of the world through throughout the uh, uh, throughout the uh, the winter, um, but yeah, it, it doesn't sit right with me that your head coach is able to take another job during uh, during the season, especially when the players that ostensibly you should be coaching the most and advising the most and mentoring the most, the young kids are coming through and having their first taste of of playing in front of a big crowd at, at Taunton and. Yeah, the head coach isn't there. He's having to rely on second-hand reports about what these guys are like. You know, I'm, I'm sure that the reports he's getting are fine, but it's it's not quite the same as watching it with uh, with your own eyes. But yeah, I mean, I, I know he's not the only one to do it. I don't begrudge anybody trying to earn a living, but it doesn't sit right with me that that that's that's what's happened. I'm yeah. I'm more I'm more concerned with the fact that um, so many of our very talented youngsters are produced at the end of the age group pipeline and then don't seem to make the progress, you know, in their early 20s. George Bartlett would be a good example, Tom, or Tom, Tom Banton. Eddie Byram. Um, sorry, Dan. Eddie Byram. Twice in one you know, time, sorry. They, they, they come up and then they seem to plateau. Now, I don't know why why that is. I'm not a well, cricket the, 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 the three players you mentioned there are, are batters, Gibbo, and Jason's obviously a a bowler so it's probably no surprise that the the bowlers that we've are coming through are performing a lot better than the batters were uh, coming through if your head coach is a is a former scene bowler because it's just his natural his natural skill set and what he's going to know the most isn't it it's well I, I i just don't know enough about it but but that would be you know that would be when you when you've got a very talented group of players who aren't performing then you have to, you know, if 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 it was a football club, they'd be looking at the manager, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. And I think in, in a cricket club, you need to be looking at the at the coaching setup. And um, and that's not to say that it's wrong or anything like that. I mean, Jason Coe is a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder sometimes if he's perhaps not a little bit too nice with with some of the players who aren't you know aren't performing as as they should be. But I you know I do think questions have to be asked about. Whether we've got the coaching right, I think Lachlan Stevens, I think I said that the other day, is, is not very well at the moment. So it's no good blaming him for the underperforming um, uh, batting. But um, you know, it's 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 just disappointing that they haven't they haven't trained on. You know, in the, in yeah. the language of, of of horse racing, as you would ex- as you would expect them to do, given the natural talent that they seem to have. They and haven't Tom picked Lamb, up many learnings, Lamb, have they? Given that's the trouble. That would be three centuries in the Bob Willis back in 2020. Yeah, one century last year. Hasn't got a, hasn't got a century so far, far this year. When he ought to be getting better and better and better. You look at someone like Harry Brook for for Yorkshire, very very talented young cricketer, and he has got better and better and better with each season. Mm. Yeah, I mean just to counter that, I mean I think if if you talk to the bowlers, I think Craig Overton said that you know nobody knows my my action my game yeah. better than Jason Kerr and that's one of the reasons why I've you know not been seduced by offers from other counties that's why I like staying at Somerset because you know Jason is my my guru he's my he's my mentor and you know he, he's, 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 I mean, he's very very popular years. absolutely very, I'm just wondering if it because it's a really nice guy it's a yeah. lovely setup there but you know hmm. they're not producing the results no I'm, so I'm just moment. saying is is maybe we should have got the batting coach in two or three years ago rather than just yeah. this year because you know if if what Craig said about uh, Jason Kerr's skill set in you know in in improving the bowlers is right and I've no no reason to doubt that it's not 
I mean, you just look at the look at our bowl, our seam bowling over the last few few years. It's it's it, yeah, it's been the glue that's that's held that that side together. So, when it, again, that just you know comes from having a a, a former fast bowler as as your head coach. So what we you know. The only thing we should probably be blaming Jason Kerr for is, and the and the management is not getting a, a specialist batting coach in in sooner. Well, we did have Marcus Juskovic for a year, didn't we? I think twenty twenty, Trez was our batting coach, but then obviously he got taken by England, so that would have been an idea if Trez had stayed. Um, also, I just mentioned, yeah, Kerr's got two more years in his contract. Oh, was it? Um, we did pay off Matt Maynard with two years left in his contract, didn't we, mm. to get rid of him? But I can't see us doing the same with Kerr. Oh, I think there was a bit more going on money. with Matt Maynard. There was, yeah, I don't so know. something. All I know is he had two years left. But yeah. Kerr, we're not going to be getting rid of Kerr now because we probably won't be able to afford it because we win. You know, as they were emphasising last night, we have to because the electricity you know, bill's going up. up. That's why well, we have yeah. to every electricity bill's to, got up a quarter million pound next year, apparently. Yeah, it's a, it's a, well, basically what they were saying was to maintain the players. You won't be able to have got. your heater on in your cabin, Gibbo. <laughs> <laughs> or to a fan. The players got, they were saying we have, to, we have to count every penny and make as much money as possible. So we aren't going to spend loads of money to get rid of Jason Kerr, I don't think. <coughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not suggesting what? that we should. No, no, I'm not. Neither am I. I'm just, I'm just pointing it out. I mean, um, in, to answer the original question as well. Um, but is Andy Hur- what's Andy Hurry's contract? Like, is he maybe more at risk? I don't know. He's the over, overall overseer of the club, whereas Kerr is obviously the coach, and he's he's been at the club for a very long time. As as Gibber was just saying, he's very popular. Um, and but you know, un, under the under Hurry and Kerr, we initially were very good in 2018, 19, 20, even the start of twenty twenty one. You know, we had a lot of success under them. It's just been the last year and a half. So, what's the reason for it? is the question is it them or is it something completely different it's probably a combination of things isn't it so it's difficult to, for us to really know why we've not been quite so good recently um, mm. without, without really being on the inside I suppose let's just blame the but, hundred that's the easiest thing <laughs> well I'm not rushing to judgement you know, no. me neither oh I nearly forgot Gibbo um, you cryptically tweeted that Andy Hurry may have yeah, possibly suggested another overseas signing for September well, he said um, um, when we were when I was talking about the players he was going to have available um, to him in September, and well, you know Craig Overton and when he's likely to be back, and whether Tom A was fit, and he, and he just almost as a side said, and of course we, you know, we might we might have an overseas quick or words to that effect, mm-hmm. or possibly possibly an overseas quick. I think was what he said. Um, so that was on the record. Um, it was, you know, it wasn't sort of a, a side. I never side saw of that one. I don't. Know, it, the club didn't put it out on their usual social media. No, channels, so. because Ben Ben wasn't there with his cameras. So, oh, so. you could have just held your phone up, Gabo. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, I could have done actually. <laughs> but well, um, Warwickshire have got Mohamed Siraj, so we should go a better and get Jasprit Bumrah, in my opinion. Yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking about the nationalities that are going to be available. Obviously, the, it would be nice if we could pick one of the four South African quicks that are doing the business at the moment. Um, Kind of rules out Australians and New Zealanders because their season is about to start. I think probably the same South Africa. So, yeah, probably an Pakistan in, in are playing a one-day T Twenty series against us in September, aren't they? Yeah, and also Shubman Gill has been linked with Glamorgan, and as well as Siraj to Warwickshire, that kind of implies there is some availability among Indian mm, players. Amongst the so, Indians, yeah. Mm. Ah. yeah, a good Indian quick bowler would not go amiss. Absolutely. <laughs> So your money's on Jasper Bummer, is it, Dan? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm fantasising. <laughs> well, it'd be nice. It's only for a month, you, you know. Never know. You never know. Introduce and decide it. John Hay, Somerset have said that only 11% of their income comes from its members. Are members a thing of the past as 21st century revenue streams, excuse the pun, open up? Mm. I'm not sure well. what the pun was there, John, but is that a cricket pun, opening up? Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I missed this as well, but I think the maths might be off here. You guys can help me out. So, in the uh, in the letter from Gordon, I think it says eleven uh, percent of Somerset's income comes from membership fees. Oh, uh, where has it gone? Stall for time. Stall for time. Yeah, it's eleven. It's eleven percent for membership fees. Thirty-six uh, percent, isn't it, from hospitality? From own, yeah, from our own commercial activity. So I presume that's selling everything from pens to pizzas. 
and 45% will come from the ECB. So that's, yes. is that right? 51, 81. So where's the other 8% yeah, uh, come yeah. from? I wondered exactly the same thing last night. Uh, what there else must, could there it must be? be something else they didn't mention. Um, uh, I don't know, really. Well, maybe it's just match day ticket sales. No, that's, that's commercial to... activity. He said that on the... Oh, you, he included do, that do, as commercial activity. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it was just non-cricket commercial activity, or well, I suppose if corporates involved in that, yeah, I don't know. We're not money laundering or anything like that, are we? We haven't got some sort of sort of Heisenberg <laughs> figure with a meth lab under the. I'm getting getting into slander territory here. It's just because oh, I finished watching Better Call Saul this week, and uh, I've kind of got that on the brain as well. I've started rewatching it because it's so good. That's a recommendation, by the way. Side of life as. Uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. The maths there, fifty. Yeah, so we, there's a a missing eight percent of income somewhere. Not quite sure what it is, but uh, hey ho. If it's not membership fees, if it's not ECB subsidies, and it's not commercial activity, uh, Steve week. would know. Steve would know. Oh yeah, the week, the one week you need a bloody accountant, and he's in uh, <laughs> he's in America again. Deary me, spends oh, a lot of time in America, Steve. I think he's yeah. I think all the previous holidays he's kind of got a logjam of holidays that have rolled over from the last three or four years. That he's kind of uh, he's he's had to take all in the the space of about three months. So, well, I'm going I'm going on holiday next week. Oh, where are you off to, Gibbo? Broughton, Broughton. Oh yes, yeah. Lovely ground, Broughton. Fastest bounciest yeah. track in the county. What used to be? Yeah, I might cycle <clears throat> over and see if there's some cricket on at uh, Insto. Oh yeah, you got some good grounds there. You got Westwood Ho. That's a nice ground. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then you got to see the Linton and Lidmouth one. Yeah, it's a bit bit far on my bicycle. How was it? Oh well, yeah. <laughs> get one of those electric ones. Uh, right, da, 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 da. Uh, we've got a couple of people popping their teams in for the championship game against Gloucester in a week or so's time. We'll we'll get to that nearer the time. Um, Matt Hutchins, oh yeah, that was a tweet I replied to about how the, how the boys been getting on in the Chris Packet Tip Tap tournament. Uh, discuss that. Richard Friedman has uh, recycled a joke from the office. Uh, will there ever be a boy born who can swim faster than a shark? And Mike Unwin, reaction to last night's Zoom call and letter this evening. Uh, we've covered that as well. Happy days. I think we're up to date. I think we've shown our work in and answered all of these. Good. I can have my supper then. Happy day. Steak and chips again, Gibbo? No, I'm doing, I've done um, spatchcock chicken with lemon and chilli. Oh, very nice. Mm. Oh, you have to, oh, I meant to ask, how's the cider harvest going? Oh, earliest ever. Made my first, first vat yesterday afternoon. Happy day. Surrounded by a million wasps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But the more is the it's very the, the Morgan Sweets, uh, which is the earliest variety of of cider apples, are even earlier than usual, and uh, I had to make cider from them, otherwise they'd have all rotted. And it's um, touch wood, looks all right. Good stuff. Yeah, I remember when I went on the Thatcher's tour, they said the nor it was normally sort of mid September when they started the harvest. But uh, if they'll guess if they're ripe now, is that all to do with the hot weather? And yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and the apples should be good as well. It's not a big crop this year. But what there is, they have lots of sugar in them because of all of the sunshine. And lots of sugar means lots of alcohol. Oh, lovely means So is, it, long cider. is this Battlefield version the the 2022 uh, variety of Battlefield? Or is this, uh, this, this, a, a this will be uh, This will be Windmill because windmill. I got it from, yeah, Windmill. Because that's it came from Windmill Flowers. And they've got an orchard on the outskirts of Mangport. Lovely stuff. Well, what's the uh, what's the brew time on those? Are they, is it going to be ready before the end of the season? Or no, it, it may be ready for Christmas. Oh, Christmas! Happy days. Yeah, I'll send you my address. I look forward to a bottle in the post. <laughs> and I still want to taste some Battlefield, so make sure you bring. Yeah, some I'll, to, I'll uh... bring. I'll have some with me for the Gloucestershire game. Oh, did you uh, did you nip over to the to the the cider festival on uh, on Friday no. night? You went. No, I didn't. Didn't oh. get the chance. Didn't get the chance. It was a funny. Well, I, gather, I gather Andy Bennett's cider sold out, and and a lot of the all the cider sold out. With people still had tickets to uh, to to buy pints they of cider. Did, yeah, you? I've st I've still got one. I think uh, for what's written on them, it looks like you can. It just says half a pint of beer or cider at the county ground. So it's no mention of a date of a beer festival or anything like that. So, oh, right. so you don't yeah. take this as gospel, listeners. But you should 
I would hope just be able to walk up to a bar, give them that voucher, and they'll give you a pint. Um, most surprisingly, tractor driver not taking part in the beer festival and the cider festival. I have to say, he was on the normal Thatcher's Gold. But it's funny because you went in and it was self service, which is I quite I quite liked actually because you don't have to wait. You just pop your ticket in, go and pour your box up. But the floor was pretty sticky come uh, <laughs> come eight o'clock. <laughs> All the people just yeah, it was literally it's like the worst nightclub. You just literally stick into the floor as you were. Uh, as you're walking through, but an enjoyable night, uh, an enjoyable night nonetheless. Um, yeah, shame about the cricket, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Um, I suppose we. Oh, yeah. Just one thing about well, Cesar's game. Ali Orr batted absolutely Ali Orr was brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, was he absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Just found the gaps really well, and then just yeah. punished the bad ball, mm. and ended up with a double hundred. It's an easy game, isn't it? I hate these people that make cricket yeah. look easy. Oh, on that note, uh, anything more from yourself, Dan? Uh, no, that's it from me. All right, good, good, good. Right, farewell, Royal London One Day Cup. Welcome back to the Championship in a couple of weeks. Um, we'll give ourselves a few days off as well, shall we, shall we guys, and probably get back together uh, next month, probably just before that first Championship game, the local derby against the Gloucesters. Um, thanks for tonight, guys. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Shep. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, guys. Cheers.